This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lance pulls it back, throws it in the back corner of the end zone, and Babbage with his second touchdown of the night. Good execution from Lance on the fake. And then he threw it in that back corner for Josh Babbage. <laughs> and another touchdown for a Bison tight end. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Ostrowski and Ross Tucker with you on this Wednesday, the day before the NFL draft. Get ready to take some notes, people. Maybe uh, some uh, options for you if you've been waiting around on getting down on some of these prop bets that are available. We bring in Connor Allen onto the show, lead betting analyst at 4 for 4 Fantasy Football, and he hosts the Move the Line podcast. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, we'll, uh, we'll allow you to get a little puffy chested uh, right now. And just, I think it's a lesson for people when the draft comes around next year, because we haven't had this many offerings in the past. What are your favorite pending wedger, w- wedgers, wagers that you have in your queue right now? Oh man. Yeah. That's, this is what's tough about doing the show this late is because my most confident stuff is already played, but you know, there's mm-hmm. still plenty of left on the board. Uh, right now, my biggest position just kind of going from the top JC Horn under 13 and a half. That's one of my biggest positions. Uh, and that sense gotten steamed down to 12 and a half. You can still find some 13 and a half. They're just massively juiced. Uh, I took a good chunk of Parsons over 11 and a half. You know, there's some, some rumors that he could potentially, you know, fall into the mid to late teens. And probably my favorite, though, Jamar Chase under six and a half at relatively even juice. Um, I mean, that was that's one of my favorites. And I think that there's a great chance that he's going to go to the Bengals. And if for some reason he doesn't, I think that the Dolphins will sprint to the podium to turn in the card for Chase. So here's my question, Connor. Can you just because I was talking about this earlier, can you just explain to our listeners how great of an opportunity betting on the NFL draft really is? I mean, if they've been listening to our show for weeks, the closing line value that they've gotten on Parsons and J.C. Horn and Rashawn Slater, and, and it's yeah. crazy what is out there if you really are paying attention. Oh, yeah. I mean, the NFL draft for me is actually what I put the most money on, uh, believe it or not. You know, by the end of, you know, these whatever the last two months that I've been betting on the NFL draft, um, you know, by the end, like I have the most money on it than any other sporting event for the entire rest of the year. Um, And so there's a reason for that, though. It's an information market. If you are paying attention, if you're reading mock drafts from sharp individuals, if you're plugged in and you're actually paying attention to what's going on, uh, I mean, the books are not able to beat you and they don't do a good job of setting lines. Like you talked about, um, you know, JC Horn at 13 and a half, um, you know, like obviously more information came out, but if you were able to, you were able to get ahead of the game there by you know, a couple of days, just kind of reading through reports and reading the tea leaves. And then another big one lately, uh, Eric Stokes corner out of, out of Georgia. Um, I mean, his over under opened at like 66 and a half at circa and like 60 on points, but 
Uh, I took pretty big positions there as well. And now it's down to like 37 and a half. I mean, he's a fringe first rounder, ran a four, two, five at his pro day. Um, so yeah, this is, you're so right. It is a great opportunity to get down. And I mean, there's still, there's still some stuff out there that you can bet on if you haven't yet. Wow. His number moved a full round, full round. Okay. Let's talk about some of those numbers that are available. Uh, what are you referencing? What, what picks uh, are available for the people that are out there right now? Yeah, so there's a few that still come to mind. Uh, and a lot of it depends on at the top of how you expect the board to shake out. Um, for me, so uh, Kyle Pitts at four, under 4.5, four minus 134 right now at FanDuel. Uh, as we get closer to the draft, it seems like there's, there's been less and less rumors about the Falcons trading down. There's no rumors about really anyone trading up into that spot at this point. Um, and so I think it's more likely that they stand pat and take Pitts. Matt Ryan's contract essentially makes it so that they're stuck with him for another two years. Otherwise, they face you know massive cap cap issues with that. So, could they take a quarterback of the future? You know, maybe, um, but they would probably have to let him sit for two years or you know outplay Matt Ryan, who I think should have a great year under Arthur Smith. I know that the, the counter argument to that would be um, you know that they might not be in this position again to take a quarterback, but still, I don't really see it happening. And then, not to mention. Um, you know, with Arthur Smith, I think that he loves tight ends. He's used them frequently in the past, and he's made the most out of them. So that pairing between Pitt and uh, the Falcons, I like a lot, as well as with the Julio rumors of them potentially trading him. I mean, I think that makes it actually more likely for them to take a weapon as well. So you're still able to find that at under four and a half and minus 134. Um, I, I mentioned on Jamar Chase under five and a half. Um, I think that's still in play as well. You're not getting the, you're not getting the uh, Dolphins, but I think that the Bengals are going to pick him. Um, basically my opinion is that the ownership are going to wind up siding with Joe Burrow and deciding to overrule the coaching staff. Uh, that's what I've heard is very likely, um, to happen here. And, uh, Bengals guy, Joe Goodbury is now basically locked in on the Bengals as well, taking chase. Um, so those are two of my favorites, but then there's a few other longer shots as well. Um, with, um, how we play out with the first, um, the first quarterback or the third overall pick with the quarterbacks because right now you're seeing massive, massive steam on Mac Jones now to minus 300 minus 400 in some spots. Um, I think that the best way to play that is kind of to go off the four or five scenario where I was talking about with Kyle Pitts going four and Jamar Chase going five, you're able to find the exact outcomes with Mac Jones, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase at closer to like plus 200 plus 250, depending on the shop and, or Trey Lance, Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase at three, four, five, closer to like plus 700 plus 800, you know, rather than laying the juice for me, that's kind of how I'm approaching that. And it gives you a little better odds and a little bit more of a sweat. Um, but I, I think that those are both sharp and both playable. I've actually played both. Uh, I mean, a longer odds, but I think they're still playable and you're very likely to profit. Connor, what about Penne Sewell right now on points bet, which is what we use on this show. His over under is five and a half. I mean, the only chance he goes in the top five is five to Cincinnati. We we think there's a decent chance that's not going to happen. You know, the overs juice to minus 165, but still, I mean, it could end up being Pitts if they if Atlanta goes quarterback. It could be Chase, like you said about people that know the Bengals think it's Chase. I, I think the Penne Sewell over five and a half is interesting. Yeah, no, I like that a lot as well. Um, so I think that at points bet, definitely in play at five and a half. And I would much, much rather lay the extra juice, you know, minus 170, maybe even up to minus 200, rather than taking another number like six and a half, which, you know, 
because I think that the Miami is a little bit of a wild card here. You know, all we've heard from them is that, oh, they want to take a weapon. They want to add weapons for Tua, which is fine and, you know, very believable. But the issue is if we go back to last year and that the intricate smokescreen that they laid out for, um, for the Tua and Justin Herbert scenario, like going into the draft, some of the sharpest people in the NFL had projected, um, you know, Justin Herbert to be picked by the Dolphins. And so in this scenario, I think that if Sewell is there for the Dolphins, it's very likely taken. But that being said, you know, over five and a half, I like that a lot still. But I, at six, six and a half, I, I'm staying away for sure. This is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker. Our guest is Connor Allen, lead betting analyst at 4 for 4 Fantasy Football. What about matching up a team's first pick by position or player? Any bets that you like right now? Yeah, I grabbed um, some J.C. Horn to the Broncos, um, and that, I'm I'm not exactly sure what the odds are at now, but they were at 12 to one. I think that there's also another one that I would like as well, J.C. Horn to the Cowboys potentially. Um, there's some interesting connections there if you kind of go back, um, because Mike McCarthy coached Horn's father Joe in New Orleans when he was offensive coordinator way way back. Um, Dan Quinn is also connected with Mil- to Will Muschamp at South Carolina, where he was a defensive coordinator under him for two years. So if you kind of look at that in a year where there's not as much connection with between the players and the team, like I, I think it's very reasonable for teams to rely on their personal connections and what they're hearing from coaches and you know uh, relatives rather than just like going with their official scouting um, you know reports. And I know that the Cowboys have there's been rumors coming out that they're split. Some people like Horn, some people like Sertan. At the end of the day, I think, though, that the odds that you're going to get on Horn going to the Cowboys, um, you know, is probably worth taking a stab there. What about Justin Fields right now at seven and a half? And the juice is actually to the under, Connor. I mean, I I think he goes seven at this point, probably at the earliest. And so to be able to get over seven and a half plus for plus 110 – and he only goes seven if somebody trades up to take him at seven. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, so I actually lean over seven and a half as well. It, everything that I'm hearing is saying that the Justin Fields slide is true and that it's going to happen. You know, all the people who are plugged in are basically saying that the NFL just does not evaluate. They don't see Justin Fields as the way that, you know, all of the draft Nick community does and that plenty of plenty of smart people, but, you know, they're just they're not in the NFL and that's a little bit different there. So I think you're right. Seven is probably the only spot that he could go. I don't expect the Lions to take a quarterback, like you said, so it would have to be a trade uh, trade up. But I think a lot of these teams are comfortable with field sliding to them. Um, I mean, yeah, the Panthers are somewhat in play. The Broncos are somewhat in play um, as well on the over. But, yeah, I think the over seven and a half, if you're getting plus money on that, I think that's a good bet right now. And I'd probably bet it up until, you know, even money uh, on that seven and a half. Connor, give us a bet or two you've made that you're worried about. Um, yeah, I think there was one, I grabbed some, uh, Landon Dickerson under like 40 or something like that. And, you know, the medicals kind of came in bad. I got caught on the wrong side of that. So, you know, I, I, he's just a wild card. You know, I think that he could go in a very wide range of spots here. And so I think like even anywhere from that end of the first round to like, you know, mid to late second. Um, so, you know, that's something that I'm not, I don't love anymore. Um, also, like way, way back, you know, like three months ago, I think it's something that I, you know, I tried to play as well for the 49ers here, but we, I didn't think that we, that Zach Wilson was like locked in at number two. I played a little bit of, you know, Fields number two uh, back when we weren't really sure, but it, it's essentially, you know, locked in now that 
uh, the Jets are going to take Wilson. So, yeah, I wasn't really sure of that because I think as prospects and as plenty of other smart individuals have noted that it's, it's a lot closer than, you know, what we would, than what uh, the NFL is making it out to be. But um, again, you know, we're, we're not in the NFL. It's not, not our decision to make. All we can do is, you know, follow what people in the NFL think. And that's what, that's what matters most here. And I think that's something that, you know, I'm sure that you guys have talked on your show, but taking our own personal evaluations out of things, it's not always easy because, um, you know, especially someone like Ross, who's, who's played in the NFL and, you know, probably, you know, has very, like a very good opinion on players uh, for me and someone who hasn't and someone that, you know, is just reading the tea leaves. For me, it's a lot better to do that than factor my own personal evaluations into something because it's been a lot more profitable that way rather than saying, I think Justin Fields is good, so he's going to go number three. Connor Allen at Connor Allen NFL on Twitter, 444 Fantasy Football, and he hosts the Move the Line podcast. Thanks for your time, Connor, and good luck tomorrow. Yep, thanks, guys, for having me on. Uh, good stuff there from Connor Allen. I mean, you, you've got to be so careful too, Ross, with just the wording of these different prop bets. Like, yeah, you can bet on someone to go four, but maybe Atlanta will get them at five. But in your mind, you were thinking, well, Atlanta's going to take them, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick them to go four, but, you know, maybe they get them at five or six. The key there is what Connor said. This is the most money he puts on any event all year. Think about that. No doubt. Joe Ostrowski, Ross Tucker, this is BetQL Daily. We're going to take a look at today's MLB card next on the BetQL Audio Network.